Hey, I love therapy, and in fact, I've been going to therapy since I was around six years old. Though I talk about therapy a lot and may interview some therapists on the show on occasion, nothing that is said in this podcast should be considered a replacement for therapy. If you are struggling, I urge you to please seek guidance from a therapist because you are absolutely worth it. You are listening to Wine Dine in 69, a podcast about dating, relationships, sex, and self-love. I am your host, Rachel Dalton, um, in a very existential place. <laughs> I don't know what it is, if it's that I finally have had the chance to slow down a little bit. Um, I mean, that has to be it, right? I didn't have like time to think before. And now, you know, I've wrapped up all of my interviews, a bunch of the work pushes done, my traveling. Well, I'm traveling again in just a couple days, but uh, it's a slower period. And so it's given me the chance to do like a lot of uh, thinking, which can be really exciting or really dangerous or both. Uh, it's a choose your own adventure. Uh, but one of the things that I've been thinking about is what I'm going to focus on in, in today's intro. And that is this idea of empowering oneself via pop psychology. And what I mean by like pop psychology is, you know, there are a lot of content creators on Instagram, on TikTok, on all of the different platforms who talk a lot about about a lot of like psychological terms, you know, narcissism, trauma, um, and it seems to me, and I've talked to a few people about this, guests and people in my own life, that some of these words are being overused or thrown around or used to try to avoid taking any sort of accountability. And it's something I've noticed in, in my own personal life, and it's something that I just see on the internet like all the time. You know, you go on to Instagram and you know, there's a post that says something like, here's what I will and will not stand for. And like, it's like, you go, girl, like you do all of those things. You set those boundaries. Like you make it clear how you will and will not be treated. But it's almost like that gives like a carte blanche. And I don't think it's intended to be taken this way, but I think that a lot of people take it that way. It's almost like it's a carte blanche to you're not responsible or you can do whatever you want or you're not responsible for what you do because I don't know like some social media thing empowered you I don't know if this is making any sense but basically what I'm saying is I feel like pop psychology has kind of taken over in a lot of ways and you know I saw something the other day that was just like hold on I'm trying to see if I can find it Oh, okay. So I found this on Instagram. Um, and it, this is a content creator that I love. And I relate to this a lot. Um, but it says, whenever you're in the process of outgrowing something, be it a friendship, business partnership, or just your current lifestyle, you'll probably feel like you're going fucking crazy. You might even feel like you're doing something wrong. But trust me, the discomfort of change will always be better than the discontentment of remaining the same. 
And while I agree with that, while I relate to that, when I think about our growing people as, you know, I guess I have done in the last few years, or they've done for me, or, you know, <laughs> mutually outgrew each other, it's just like, it occurs to me that it's like there are so many sides to things and to use pop psychology and pop therapy as a way to excuse our own part that we've played in circumstances I think is a really big problem and I think it's happening a lot and bleeding over into our relationships with other people because we see these pop psychology posts pop therapy and we're like yeah I relate to that absolutely and it validates us and makes us think that we're completely in the right but our story is only half of what's happening. It's only a portion of it, right? So I don't know. I think it's dangerous to use therapy, pop therapy, to use these ideas to just excuse yourself just as a validation tool without thinking about what accountability you need to take or what part you played in whatever the circumstance might be, assuming that it's an an interaction with another person. You're never going to be perfect to everybody. I know that I'm a villain in people's stories. And I see things and I'm like, yeah, like I totally relate to that. Like, absolutely. And it makes me feel good. But at the same time, because I'm a people pleaser and an empathetic person, I also, when I see posts like that, go, wow, I wonder how that person that I had a falling out with would read this. And I know, like, you know, that they'll just view it as complete validation for how they're feeling without considering what's happening on the other end. And I guess that's like what I am thinking about. It's it's great to be validated on social media, but I was talking to my therapist about this yesterday. There are some therapists out there, and I think that pop psychology operates this way, that just validate without challenging. And I think that is really, really dangerous. If you have a therapist and they are simply, I mean, for the first like few appointments when they're starting to get to know you, they should just be asking questions and listening, right? But ideally, you'll eventually find a therapist and both my therapist and my psychiatrist do this, especially my psychiatrist, um, challenge and say, well, you're, you're thinking yourself into the spiral. Have you thought about looking at it from this perspective or like it's occurred to me that maybe you didn't think about this angle or, you know, just catching little things about myself that maybe I haven't caught because I'm so in it. I think that we're getting to a place where therapy for a lot of people has turned into simply validating with no challenging. And I think it just makes us think that we're doing everything right. And I say we as like the human species or people who, you know, are into psychology or attend therapy, right? I think that can be really dangerous to seek validation from a professional or from the internet to feel good about your stance, to feel like, okay, I'm not crazy. Like, I feel this way too. Other people feel this way. Great. But I think it's also really important to look at yourself and turn inward and be able to look at the part that you've played in certain things it's a really tough balance right because i don't want to victim blame and those aren't necessarily the circumstances that i'm talking about but you also don't want to live in this idea of victimhood and that everything that everybody does are things that happen 
to you. It's a delicate balance, and maybe this is a hot take or an unpopular opinion, but the nuances of things, I guess, is just really something that I continue coming back to over and over again over the course of this podcast. Things are not so simple. Things are not black and white. Everything kind of, the truth of things really lives in the gray. And I know that when I have processed things that have happened in my past, a really important part of that process is thinking about how my actions might have impacted other people. And I think that in some ways this pop therapy doesn't encourage that, which I think is a problem. We need to be encouraging more empathy. Um, This also kind of goes along with using therapy speak as a weapon. Um, I was on Instagram and I came across, so this is an account that I love and he kind of went and talked about it. Therapy Jeff, I'll put in this uh, link in the episode notes. But he was talking about, you might have heard that Jonah Hill uh, came out, used a bunch of quote-unquote boundary setting in an attempt to control his girlfriend so he like sent her a text the screenshots are out that says if you feel the need to she's like a swimsuit model or something like it's her job to be (laughs) a public figure and he was like if you feel the need to wear a swimsuit in public interact with people boundaryless Uh, situations with men professionally as a long list of things you know what hold up I'm gonna stop and I'm gonna pull it up (laughs) okay I actually just found uh, I actually just found a article uh, NBC News article again I'll post in the Instagram notes and the title is uh, Jonah Hill allegations spark conversation about the harms of social media therapy speak in relationships Uh, and the the line after that the subheading is after text messages were posted to instagram many on twitter began discussing how partners used therapy speak to police their behavior particularly millennial men and i will just say i know women who do this too so uh it's not just men anyway i'll uh, link on the article but here's the text that jonah hill sent allegedly i have to say allegedly allegedly sent to his um now ex-girlfriend it's a total misuse of the term boundaries. This is what how it reads. Quote, plain and simple. If you need surfing with men, boundaryless and appropriate friendships with men to model, to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit, to post sexual pictures, friendships with women who are in unstable places and from your wild recent past beyond getting lunch or coffee or something respectful, I am not the right partner for you. If these things bring you to a place of happiness, I support it and there will be no hard feelings. These are my boundaries for a romantic partnership. My boundaries with you based on the ways these actions have hurt our trust. Whew. Um... So she's a surfer model. I was right about that. And notice how so many of these, to post pictures of yourself in a bathing suit, that's literally her job. Like what? <laughs> Surfing with, like what? It's, it's insane um, in a word. So yeah, let's remember that boundaries are your own little fence that you put around you. It is not about other people. It is not about controlling other people. It is saying, this is an agreement with myself that these are the things that I will stand for in a relationship and that I will not. That is not a way to control your partner and make them do the things that you want to match your boundaries, to line up with your boundaries. Your boundaries are about you. It is an agreement with you. Now, you can have agreements with your partner 
but that should be for moving in both directions. That should not be about, this is what I won't stand for. And again, it was so funny because I was already thinking about this topic and then the Jonah Hill stuff came out. Um, And it just really, really has me thinking about our use of social media. And I, I love, I love, 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 love that social media is a tool. You know, I myself, who have experienced trauma, it was such a healing tool for me to be able to see that other people felt the same way that I did to, you know, understand that I wasn't crazy. Um, You know, much of my 20s was about healing from trauma and social media was a really big helper. I remember a Tumblr being like insanely helpful in my early 20s. Um, But we deserve validation. We deserve to feel the way that we feel. Feelings like are not inherently in and of themselves wrong, but our reactions to how we respond to our feelings can be very hurtful to other people. And we need to be aware of that. This is a really long intro. I'm sorry, but like I'm really not sorry because this is a fascinating topic and something like really worth talking about. Yeah, boundaries are about you. You're going to have agreements with yourself for what you will and what will and will not work for you in a relationship. And you can communicate what your boundaries are to that partner, but not in a way to try to control. I mean, this, this woman's job is literally a surfer model and surfing with men, modeling, posting pictures of yourself in a bathing suit posting sexual pictures literally have to do with her job and um boundaries inappropriate friendships with men i have no idea what that means i'm not in the relationship i can't speak to that the last point friendships with women who are in an unstable place and from your wild recent past beyond getting a lunch or coffee or something respectful what that sounds like is he doesn't want her to hang out with her girlfriends that she had wild times with when she was single And that is controlling as fuck behavior. And it's completely out of line. Am I intense? Is this intense? It might be a little intense. You know, the interview is going to be really light. We're going to be talking about sex toys. So um, (laughs) just bear with me for another minute, another minute here. But yeah, I guess this is my invitation to think about how you use social media. This is not an attempt to victim blame or to say that people have things coming because of you know people deserve abusive behavior in fact like what i'm saying is quite the opposite we are all humans and we are so so wounded <laughs> and so like imperfect and we're not going to get this right you know social media is a really new thing i used dial up when i was growing up so it kind of gives you a sense of my age. I mean, you know my age. But just to say the internet's a new thing and our use of social media and our use of how we interact with it emotionally is just, it's a whole new ball game and we're still learning about it. So this is my invitation uh, to invite how you interact with social media, how you interact with some of these like pop therapy things on social media. Validation is great, and if you have been in an abusive dynamic, it is so important to feel those feelings and to understand that you're not alone and that you're not crazy. 
but I do think that it is possible for validation, social media validation, to go too far and to absolve or make people think that they're absolved of however they react. You can't control your feelings. You're allowed to feel however you feel. If Jonah Hill felt uncomfortable about his girlfriend, that could have been a really lovely, vulnerable conversation about why. But instead, he took the uh, offense. It is okay to feel how you feel, but you are responsible for your reactions. And just because you have really big feelings does not absolve you from inappropriate reactions. Jonah Hill. (laughs) Okay, that was a super, I haven't done an intro this long in a while. That was a super rambly intro. Um, Please let me know your thoughts. It's been something that I've been thinking about over the last few weeks. And uh, with this new news out, uh, just kind of has me thinking a little bit more. So if you have any articles on the subject that you know about, if you have any thoughts, uh, let me know. I'd really like to start a dialogue on this to get people's ideas. Because um, maybe maybe I'm completely fucking full of shit. I don't know. Just the ramblings of a person whose mind never turns off. It's a gift and a curse. <laughs> Okay, well, as I said, today we are going to be talking about toys. I am going to be interviewing Natalie Dean about the sex toy line, Wellness and Desire, that she started with her husband. We're going to talk about toys. We're going to talk about shame. We're going to talk about integrating toys. Um, it's a really like fun conversation, and that's kind of the point of it, right? Sex is supposed to be fun. So a uh, complete turn from... <laughs> where uh, we were just talking, um, the subject that we were just talking about, but that's okay because I'm going to change gears a little bit with this commercial break. Uh, we'll start getting us into this this more light headspace. So yeah, um, going to push forward right ahead into that and then please enjoy my conversation with Natalie Dean of Wellness and Desire. So CBD is great, right? Sex is great right okay so what happens when you put the two of them together what you get is a honeypot cbd infused personal lubricant created by a couple who is wonderfully in love dennis and jesse honeypot is the perfect lube to level up your sex life They also have an intimate romantic massage oil to get you revved up and started called Romantic Escapades. You're definitely going to want to try these products. This wonderful couple put a ton of work into them. And if you want to learn more about them and their story, you can go ahead and visit that episode. Episode 59. Wouldn't it be great if it were 69? It really would have been. Oh, well. Anyway, Give Honeypot a try, give Romantic Escapades a try, and let me know what you think. You can go and learn more about them at fantasticescapades.com. Welcome back, everyone. I am very pleased to introduce my guest today, Natalie Dean. Natalie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well, actually. Um, recording an interview for the podcast, which is what I like to be doing. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's a good it's a good day. Yeah. Um, but we're going to be diving into one of my favorite topics today, which is the subject of uh, toys. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, that's the broad, the broad topic. But let's kind of uh, start off with you telling me and the listeners a little bit about you and um, what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, yeah. Well, first, thank you so much for having me on and for the work that you do. I think, you know, just uh, getting sexuality on uh, people's minds and talking about it is very important. Um, I myself, I've just always been interested in sexuality since I can remember uh, I was sexually abused as a child. So I, I was sort of thrown into talking about it early on. Um, but I also grew up in a, a religious household where, you know, anything sexual outside of marriage was like immoral and evil. And that always just kind of made me like, hmm, why, why is this? You know, everybody sure. does this. Why is this bad? Um, and so shame and guilt were, were always something I struggled with, you know, in puberty and as a teenager exploring my sexuality. Um, and then once I became an adult, like while I was earning my undergrad, uh, I did minor in women's studies. And one of my favorite classes still to this day through my whole <laughs> degree was human sexuality. And, um, you know, that just really opened my eyes uh, to, to just this world. It was the first time I learned about sexology and research, like the work done by Dr. Kinsey and Masters mm -hmm. and Johnson um, in the 1950s and 60s, which, you know, in perspective, like that sounds like a long time ago, but we really, as a society, haven't been studying this very long. No, we were, no. we're just scraping the surface. Um, and my professor of that class, she was a zoologist. So she also kind of, you know, brought in information about similarities in sexuality in the animal kingdom too, which was really oh, fascinating. So cool. It was really cool. Um, and, you know, I was really close to changing my major to become a sex researcher. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I guess like social <laughs> pressure, my family, um, I decided to just stick with my uh, first route with interior design. And oddly enough, I only practiced interior design for a couple of years. And then I actually got into adult education. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I love teaching people. I love helping people achieve goals. Um, so it all kind of ties into to what I do now. Um, and through the pandemic, my husband and I decided, you know, that we wanted to work from home. And so we researched a few different options and it all just kind of fell together. We, we started uh, an online store for sex toys and, you know, it was an interest of mine and it just kind of just kind of worked. So that's what we did. Um, I, I did know I wanted to come at it from a little bit different angle, you know, than your average sex toy store. So wellness and desire, uh, we do cater to those who are overcoming barriers to achieve pleasure, you know, whether it's a disability or a medical condition, um, they're overcoming sexual trauma, or exploring their sexuality. So we do believe everyone is deserving of pleasure, and they should have access to information to help them achieve that. So um, also, side note, we're also in the process of building up online sex education resources. So the educator inside of me is, is definitely excited about building that up. Definitely. No, that is so cool. I mean, so many things. You started it with your husband, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. um, I love love it when couples are, you know, becoming yeah. the power couple and like, let's let's make other people's lives better. Yes. Um, that's, that's really, really cool. And then, you know, on top of that, just to have – um, you know, had your own experience with this and sure. to have it inspire you to really want to change other people's lives. And I love the the education aspect too, because when I visited your site, I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a cool like way to approach this from yeah. this area of people who are overcoming these certain barriers. Um, right. And, you know, sex toys are part of that, but knowledge is the other part of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, well, 
let's kind of talk about, I mean, your experience, you're coming at an angle from, you know, having experienced trauma at, from mm-hmm. a young age. Um, so that's kind of where your own experience is. Right. Uh, and I'm kind of wondering, like, what is that experience about, you know, trauma is so frequently stored in the body and there is such a link between the mental and the physical. Um, so I'm wondering if you can like speak a little bit about trauma and like how that storage in the body happens and how that can be a barrier. Absolutely. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I was sexually abused as a child um, and that, you know, affected my sexual experiences my entire life, even today. <laughs> so um, my, my teen years were especially difficult and growing up in a religious household it brought a lot of shame and guilt when it came to my own sexual thoughts and desires. I didn't know it was right. Should I feel guilty for this? Is this sinful? Um, but yeah, and then just the experience itself was, was definitely stored, you know, in your mind. Um, and that can be triggered by any of our senses, right? Like something we see, something we mm-hmm. smell, hear. Um, and it's just kind of taking more control of that and ownership of it and just accepting it as a part of you now um, and kind of turning it into to something, I, I don't necessarily want to say positive, but just something that's not necessarily going to break you down every time it pops yeah. up. Yeah. It doesn't define you. It's just exactly. something that happened. I mean, not just, yes. but you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> right. But it is interesting. Yeah. It is. And, and it's definitely important to give yourself grace, you know, accept your feelings. Like, sometimes we think like we just have to be happy and, and feel good all the time. And that's just not the human experience, right? We're we, suffering as part of the human experience. And yep. we got to go through that healing process and just, you know, be patient with yourself and, and give yourself that grace. Definitely. And I can totally see too how, I mean, trauma involves another person, sexual trauma, you know, involves another person. And right. I can totally see how, sex toys could be used as a healing tool because you're alone. You're, mm-hmm. you're safe. You don't have to put your trust into another person. Um, in what other ways, like, you know, aside from that, are, are sex toys uh, a useful tool for healing from trauma? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's many emotions that come up <laughs> um, whenever you're, you're healing from trauma. Um, and a lot of times we, we turn to things to make us feel better that aren't always healthy, right? Drugs, alcohol, overeating. Um, but sex is a natural way to release stress um, and release those feel-good endorphins in the brain, right? That, that drugs and alcohol just aren't going to do right. um, in a healthy way. Um, and using sex toys is a great way to do that on your own terms, right? You've got complete control of when it happens, how often you need it, um, when to stop, you know. <laughs> so it's just a, it's complete control of the situation. Whereas when someone else is in the equation, it's, it's a little bit different. Definitely. So there's the safety aspect and then there's the control aspect, mm-hmm. which I can see both together would be really, really vital to that, to that healing right. process. Right. And I mean, I know that sometimes, you know, this is like kind of a medical question, I suppose, but sometimes people have experienced trauma, specifically people who have vaginas, um, experience like pelvic floor tension. And right. it's hard to have partnered sex because uh, it's hard for the partner to, to stay in, you know, assuming mm-hmm. that that partner has a, a penis, which isn't a fair assumption always, but sure. Um, it's my experience. Um, but it's it's so fascinating to me that there are, I, you know, I, I know somebody, she was on the podcast maybe two years ago at this point, and she has these tools, uh, dilators that are specifically used for that exact purpose. And yeah. I mean, that's like a medical tool, but you're also using it 
in a sexual context. It's a medical sexual context. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think of that too and how sex toys can really help with, with relaxation mm-hmm. if you're having that, that pelvic floor. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, you know, even when we, you know, encounter, you know, children start to masturbate very early. And, and oh, they yeah, don't, I did. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, and, you know, they don't really understand what it is. It's just, hey, I started doing this and it feels good. So I'm yep. going to do it when I can. Just like if you have an itch and you scratch it like that, that is relieving. I'm going to keep doing that. Um, but yeah, you know, like sex toys allow you to explore your body, what feels good to you. And no two bodies are the same, right? What feels good to you may not feel good to me. And our bodies are constantly changing. So what felt good yesterday may not feel good tomorrow. Um, But, you know, a sex toy is the safest partner you'll ever have. And you just have complete control of that situation. And, you know, when you're ready to stop, you don't have that guilt or pressure to appease someone else's experience, right? With if you have a partner at the time. Um, And, you know, they can be especially useful for those overcoming sexual trauma because it allows that survivor to take that control like we discussed already. So, and aside from sex toys, there's many other things that can help with that healing journey. You know, the deep breathing exercises, mm-hmm. meditation, exercise, journaling, and even therapy. A lot and, of somatic therapy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And if therapy is not an option, you know, I think just simply telling your story to someone you trust is, is very healing. Just Definitely. being able to, to say it out loud is, is very healing. Definitely. Well, you know, you mentioned a, a partner. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that there are some people who may have a partner when they're going on this journey. Um, if somebody, you know, is is going through that process of using a toy, mm-hmm. um, and they are ready to, you know, incorporate a partner at some point. I mean, what what is a good way for a partner to be supportive? And of course, this is, um, you know, through the through the lens of trauma, because that yeah. is, you know, your experience and, and my experience. But mm-hmm. uh, what is like a good way for a partner to be able to be reincorporated into that situation in a safe way that makes the person feel emotionally and physically safe? Sure, sure. Well, I think the biggest key in being intimate with someone following trauma, well, really just in, in being intimate with someone in general is communication. And, you know, you've got to be your own advocate. Uh, you've got to tell your partner what you're comfortable doing, what you're not comfortable with before anything really starts, even if it literally needs to be written down on paper, you know, like a checklist, this is okay, this isn't. Um, and, and that can be organic, right? It can change over time. Um, and you can also be intimate with your partner without having intercourse. You know, mutual masturbation is a great first step. If you, you still have control of what's happening to you, but someone you trust is present, you know, that's a, a kind of a stepping stone <laughs> to eventually get to, you know, actually having intercourse. And and when you do feel comfortable enough to move things along further, uh, safe words are a great way to communicate while being intimate. Um, I know we talked about uh, trauma, but also, you know, disabilities, like we can become disabled at any time, right? Like we can experience short-term disability. So for example, after childbirth, penetrative sex was very painful for me. Uh, so my husband and I used colors to communicate. You know, they don't have to be anything creative. <laughs> Red means stop. Yellow means mm, maybe we need to slow things down or that's starting to hurt. And green, you know, let's go. That feels great. So I think just simple words like that actually in the in the act can can be helpful too. Yeah. I mean, I, I use that um, color analogy, like even when I'm talking about people who have or want to experiment with different kinks, if, if somebody, you know, is curious about something, it could be, ah, well, you know, I'd definitely love to try that or, you know, that's a maybe or that's a absolutely not. I, I never want to do that. Right. Um, but I've never thought about it in terms of like 
safety, like safe sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really absolutely. interesting. But yeah, communication is the biggest key there, I think. And, you know, bringing someone else into the back into the equation. And I love, too, that what you said um, about, you know, when somebody is experimenting with sex toys, maybe after trauma, that the focus is completely on their pleasure. Because I think yes. that that can get messy sometimes. There's so much pressure to perform sexually. Yes. Um, you know, on all spectrums of of gender, there is mm-hmm. so much pressure to to be to go long enough or to be big enough or, mm-hmm. you know, so many different things. So being able to just enjoy without the pressure of another person there, I, I can definitely see how that would be um, helpful as well. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, what about like some of the um, other barriers that people experience? You know, you talked about uh, disability. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are some of the other ways that, you know, wellness and desire caters to different types of people who might be experiencing different things in their life? Yeah. So, you know, trauma is a big one, disability. um, And again, it can be a long-term disability. It could be a short-term disability that someone's dealing with. And of course, disability is a million different things, right? Some are visible, some aren't. Um, There could be uh, dexterity issues um, that people are trying to, uh, you know, use their hands or can't use their hands in other ways. So, um, and also, uh, you know, people may be going through some sort of transition um, physically mm-hmm. with their, with, you know, their gender and things like that and sensations can change. So um, different ways that, you know, there may be obstacles in, in finding that pleasure and what feels good. And do you find that there are like different toys that you would like suggest for somebody who's in a particular situation? Like if somebody's, you know, trying to experience or trying to recover from trauma versus somebody who might, you know, have a disability versus somebody. And I mean, of course, I suppose it depends on the specifics of what disability they're experiencing or, you know, somebody who's transitioning. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, everyone's different. Um, But when it comes to vulva owners who are maybe um, overcoming that trauma, like non-penetrative sex toys, non-phallic looking toys can definitely be a good place to start. Um, And also, you know, staying away from like flesh colors. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. That's something that we try to steer clear of on our site. Uh, We don't really keep uh, toys that are any kind of skin color. Uh, We do that for a couple of reasons, actually. One, for it may be triggering for people. And Mm -hmm. two, we're trying to combat that, you know, subtle racism even Mm -hmm. that exists in sex toys. So it's everywhere. Totally. Yeah. Let's keep it like lime green and like (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's what I want. (laughs) But, you know, vibrators, they they can range from, you know, super powerful to very mild. and, And that can be effective for those dealing with, you know, genital pain or maybe they have diminished sensations due to menopause, surgery, medita- medication. Um, so it's really just kind of, uh, you know, just picking a few different styles out and and just seeing what you like. It's like a buffet, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, take a little bit of everything and, and see what works for you. you now, you just, yeah, said medication too, which yeah. is, I mean, if that's not, I, I mean, maybe it is like a short term disability, but I've had experiences with that, with you know, mm-hmm. having issues with sexual functioning due to medication. So I mean, right. that's another barrier that I didn't even think about. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, medication can affect a lot of things. It can cause erectile dysfunction. It can cause, um, you know, things to become very dry. So lube is, is definitely a plus. Lube is your friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I also wanted to mention on our site, we do have a whole section for accessible toys. So, um, and as I mentioned, you know, disabilities can come in 
a million different forms. Um, so there's a lot of different things there, but we've got, for example, rideable sex pads. So you can turn any surface into a sex toy. If it's a chair or the floor or a, a table, anywhere you can put this little pad, it can become a sex toy for you. Oh, nice. So we've also got like sex stools and position pillows. Um, one of my favorite recommendations, which I wish I had known existed when I needed it is called the O-Nut which are these kind of like squishy cock rings and uh, you can put one to four on your partner's penis and that helps you um, control the depth of penetration during sex. So if you really just kind of need the tip in, that's what you can have. So yeah, so there's so much out there, you know, that is outside of the box of just your normal dildo or phallic vibrator, right, that we're used to seeing. Yeah, I mean, and one of the things I was, you know, on your site doing a little bit of light stalking, and um, you know, I, I saw the wee vibe, and I was like, I need, I, I need to get myself yes. one of those. I, I need to get one of those. Yes, I recommend that to a lot of people, actually. Yeah, I mean, it just it, it it's for everybody, you know. It, yes. It's, I mean, hence the name, the the wee vibe. But <laughs> right, yeah, and so we've had, you know, of course, all the owners. It, it's providing internal and external. Um, stimulation to the clitoris. Uh, we've also had um, users that are using it anally and and getting that stimulation on the perineum. So it really is, I mean, versatile. You can use it on nipples, anywhere you really want to use this. It, it's Love it's a use everywhere kind of toy. Great toy. Yeah, great toy. Well, would you say like uh, has being involved with wellness and desire overall like helped with the healing? I mean, did you feel like you – we're never really over trauma, right? Like it all, yeah. it, it always is going to pop back up somewhere. You're like living your life and then like a song comes on the radio and you're <laughs> like, oh shit, here we are again. Um, right. But have you felt like it's been like an overall healing experience or have there been any challenges that have come up as you've, as you've come, gone along? Sure, sure. Yeah, it's definitely been a healing process for me. Um, you know, I think anytime we can use our own experience to help someone else that there's going to be healing in that. Um, you know, just knowing that I'm helping others to feel good again, you know, that just, that feels good for me. And I I don't show. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. And, you know, um, thankfully I haven't had too many triggers. Um, but anytime I'm helping someone who's experienced sexual child abuse, you know, that, that, that is particularly difficult. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, we can either, you know, just sort of pull back and wallow in our suffering or we can bring something good out of it. And that's what I'm Absolutely. trying to do. Now, do you find that you – do you talk to people individually who come to the site and are maybe looking for a solution? Like how does that process work if somebody, you know, has mm-hmm. has a question or, or wants to go to the site to find something to help them cross that particular barrier? Yeah, we do. We have a chat function on our site um, where people can ask questions um, or get recommendations. And then, of course, on social media um, or, you know, on Twitter, people will will message different things and questions. And that's where kind of those individual conversations will will spark. Okay. All right. Yeah. So social yeah. media, like all over the place. Very yes, cool. Yes. No, I mean, I find that that's – you have to be working – you need like so many different hands to be on all the different sites because there's going to be questions coming in everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Well, how does how does one even start like a wellness and sex site? Like you, there's different brands. I mean, I just I'm so curious about that entrepreneurial side of things. How does how does that yeah. even start? How do you <laughs> 
Well, um, following the pandemic, my husband and I just knew that we wanted to work from home moving forward. So it didn't start off necessarily as a sex toy uh, store, but we knew we wanted to get into e-commerce. And um, then just as we started researching, like how, you know, what direction do we want to take this? Um, you know, my experiences and studying human sexuality and then just personally using sex toys, like my husband and I just enjoy using sex toys together. Um, and we just sort of felt like it was the right fit. And, uh, you know, we knew we wanted to do something a little different than your giant, you know, stores that are out there that just kind of offer everything. Um, and it was actually a post on Reddit that sparked our niche. Um, a woman posted that she had been in an accident and she lost both of her hands. And because oh, of this, gosh. she was yeah struggling to masturbate, right? Of course. And I just felt such empathy for this person who was simply trying to get that natural release that we all crave and need and just couldn't, right? Or at yeah, least the way wow. that she was used to doing it before, she couldn't anymore. And uh, the more I read into it, you know, people with disabilities, they're they're oftentimes given direction around how to care for yourself, like how to cook, how to feed yourself, how to clean your body. But sexual wellness is rarely discussed or even asked about. And a lot of times they're just expected to be asexual, which is just super unfair. And so I replied to her and just suggested a few toys and, and that's what sparked it. Wellness and Desire was born from there. Wow, that is such a cool story. And you just uh, from there, you what get in touch with individual brands and yeah, we get in touch with individual brands and um, we you know pick and choose certain toys. Like I said, we kind of steer away from um, more flesh colored or phallic. Uh, and you know, there's I mean, the sex toy industry is is very broad. They can go in a lot of different directions. So the more like. Uh, I guess Hollywood sex, you know, is, is sort of what we steer from, um, which is what like the the bigger sex toy providers are. I think mm, I feel like that's mm. more the lens that they're in, right? Like the heterosexual, slim white bodies um, sure. <laughs> is kind sure. of what they they advertise and cater to. No, definitely, and I I, I love that. It's uh, it's not just you're not just approaching it from different barriers that people might have. You're also trying to fight you know, this this racism and sexism and uh, yeah. this het normative, you know, world that we live in. So it's really, yeah. really trying to include everyone, which I, yeah. I appreciate. Um, yeah. Well, what about, what are some of your personal offerings on the site? So like my, some of my favorite toys, um, we've mentioned the Wee Vibe, which I definitely mm-hmm. recommend. Um, and I can, I can pop in and say that, uh, the Satisfier Pro is one of my favorite things. (laughs) Oh yes. Satisfier. We love that line of Satisfier. And you know, they're pretty in line, um, with the sexual health and wellness, um, lens of things. And they've also got a really great app that can go with their toys, um, where you can control with your phone. And they've also got, um, audio erotica that you can listen to while using their toys. So yeah, Satisfier brand toys are definitely top notch. (laughs) And um, we also um, mentioned lube earlier. So uh, which is very important in toy sex toy play, right? You wouldn't go down a slip and slide without water because that would be very painful. So same goes for sex toys and lube, right? Just it's kind of always needs to go together. Um, I highly recommend the Sliquid line, S-L-I-Q-U-I-D. Um, they're glycerin-free, paraben-free. They also use eco-friendly packaging. Um, and we also carry lubes from Wicked. 
they're vegan, cruelty-free, and PETA certified, uh, and they use natural ingredients like olive leaf extract, aloe, and vitamin E. So just really great, great lubes to, to use with your sex toys. Amazing. Yeah, I love. I mean, and we can't say I'm that Hollywood idea of what sex should be. I mean, yeah, never shows lube shows everybody coming from penetration immediately. Yeah, um, <laughs> all of that stuff that is not not real and uh, yeah. doesn't happen. Well, I have a kind of interesting question about. I find, and I'm I'm talking about you know in my experience again here, but. I have found that there are a number of cishet men that are threatened by the idea of sex toys mm. in their partnered play. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say about that and how can people talk to their partners about incorporating that in a way that doesn't make them feel less than? That's a great question. So uh, I have run into that as well and I think it really says a lot about their – um, how can I say this? Um, just their own, you know, uh, comfort with, with themselves and, and, you know, trying to just open your mind and understanding that someone with a different type of body, you know, may experience pleasure differently than you. And it's not just your experience, it's their experience too. And if someone's brave enough to, you know, communicate to you about incorporating something new, then I, I, you know, I think it's important to, to listen and, and take that in. And, you know, I think it's sort of one of those, like, don't knock it till you try it. Because I think if a lot of heterosexual men do start using sex toys with their, with their partners, they'll be pleasantly surprised. Yep. <laughs> no. yep, totally. I mean, it's like one of those things where even if you like are using like a, a vibrator on the clit at the same time that you're having mm-hmm. penetrative sex, it impacts what's happening inside. Yes. Exactly. So it's like, it's like, even though you maybe aren't feeling the vibration, like you might feel like a pulsating, which yes. is going to feel really good for you. Exactly. So it's yes. a, it's a, it's a win-win situation. Um, exactly. Well, what yeah. about like trying trying to talk your partner into something like that? Well, you know, I think again, just kind of communicating, just saying, you know, just as if it was flipped, and and they were telling uh, the woman what's you know maybe a kink or a fantasy of theirs. You know, if the woman's then coming to him, you know, saying, "What about this sex toy? You know, would you be willing maybe just to watch me using it first, and then you know you can." take it and use it on me. And then we can start to use it together and just sort of taking little steps in that direction. Um, and just, you know, reminding them, you know, this isn't a replacement for you. It's, it's, it's a tool for us to use together, you know, to make this better for everybody. Yeah. Amplify the experience. Yes. for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Like I get, you know, the idea that it can be threatening, but it can also, if you're able to get past that, it's a, mm-hmm. it can be really, really great for everybody. Yes. Well, one of the other ba- boundaries, not boundaries, wow, Rachel, um, one of the other barriers that kind of we mentioned, but that I kind of want to dive into a little bit more, mm-hmm. going through childbirth mm-hmm. affects lots of things down there. And I mean, yes. a huge portion of the population, uh, you know, does give childbirth. I'm not saying that all all everybody who has a vagina has a baby because they don't. Right. But uh, people with vaginas are are half of the population, and a good chunk of them do end up having mm-hmm. having children. So, what are some like tips that you can give there for people to, um, like particular toys that might be the best thing, or you know, mm-hmm. tips for interacting with a partner? 
Yeah. Well, as, um, you know, broken record here, communication, communication, always, communication. Always. <laughs> um, and as I mentioned, you know, after uh, giving birth to my children, penetrative te- sex was extremely painful. I mean, my husband's penis might have had barbed wire <laughs> wrapped around him right. for all I knew. And, you know, so of course, incorporating lube and a lot of warming up, right? A lot of foreplay uh, to get things really loosened up. And I think also new mothers, you know, you're focus, like all of your mind is on this new little baby that cannot do anything for itself, right? So you're constantly, does it need food? Does it need (laughs) to be changed? Does it need to be held? And so just kind of shifting your mindset from from mother to lover um, can can be hard. So all of that, you know, build up and, um, you know, the mind is the most powerful sex tool. And just kind of getting in the right mindset before and all of that build up with foreplay and using lube and, you know, and also just communicating with your partner that maybe penetrative sex or what we did before just may not be, you know, in the books right now for a while. <laughs> so let's, yeah. let's explore new ways to, to have sex. So another example outside of childbirth, like I had a knee injury and so certain positions were, were very uncomfortable. But, you know, in that experimental phase, we found some positions that were like, wow, we never would have tried this before had we totally. not. <laughs> yeah. Had this not happened. So it can really, you know, be a good thing and just kind of open up new new avenues for you and your partner. And I think that's what's so – like you're never going to run out of positions. You're never mm-hmm. going to run out of things to try when it comes to sex. It, exactly. it can be such a fun adventure in that way just to yes. experiment and – I mean, toys are good for that, but also, you know, it sounds like there are other offerings. Like you mentioned the sex toy pillow and I was like, ooh, I was just like talking about that with my partner. I should maybe like mosey on over there (laughs) to the site and see what what you got there. Um, But there there are so many other things. I mean, there there are like anal toys. Like the world of sex toys is so big at this point. Yes. Um, And there really is something for for everybody. Um, Now, what about – you know, there are some people who shame is something that comes into play a lot um, yes. with with trauma. Um, mm-hmm. But also, you know, if somebody is raised in a more conservative or religious household, right. um, what advice do you have for somebody who may struggle with the idea of integrating sex toys because of shame? Yeah, that that is very uh, tricky <laughs> because – I bet, Yeah. Um, like from my experience, it was twofold, right? There was the abuse and, you know, once it, once it was discovered that the abuse was happening, it was someone in my immediate family and they were, you know, shipped off to live with someone else. So it was kind of this huge disruption of like, okay, this happened. And it was obviously very bad because this person was sent away. And so is all sex bad? Is it bad because I'm young? Is it bad because mm-hmm. it was my brother? Like, wh- what is it that's bad about sex, right? So right, right. There, there is that shame of, you know, also was was I, uh, you know, of course, I'm like a child, but in your mind, it's like, did I allow this to happen? Was I, oh, you know, yeah. participating and did I enjoy it or did it feel good, you know? So there, there's a lot of things going through someone's mind after that experience, um, and it's it's hard to kind of just go into to the uncomfortable, right? Lean into the uncomfortable, but that's kind of what we have to do, and just really uh, hear all of those thoughts and feelings that we're having. And and there's no wrong one, right? But just kind of acknowledging and and just sort of like logs going down the river, like okay, there's this one, and there's this one, and okay, that's happening, <laughs> and and right. just accepting it. Um, and also yeah. like with the religious as- aspect. 
Um, that was a huge barrier for me too. Um, but just, you know, getting older and, and reading uh, books, um, like a big game changer for me was Sex and the Soul of a Woman by Paula Reinhardt. Um, I actually mm, actually worked okay. at a, a Christian bookstore for a few years and they had a whole sexuality section and people were always shocked, like, what? So like, what kind of bookstore am I in? I thought I was in the Christian bookstore. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, God created sex. <laughs> like, this is where it came from. Yep. So, um, and God also, you know, created the clitoris, which the only purpose is to have pleasure. That's the only reason a clitoris. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yes. Just for pleasure. And so once we sort of, you know, kind of step back and get out of, what people are saying and what society is saying. And we really just kind of think for ourselves, like, you know, God created sex to feel good, you know, and, and anything good comes from God. So, you know, it's just sort of, once you kind of put it in, (laughs) put it on paper, it's like, okay, this is okay. God wants us to feel good. He gave us organs to feel good. And, you know, it's, it's a healing Mm -hmm. process. Totally. And this is everybody's, uh, you know, I feel like it's a monthly reminder at this point on this show, but uh, the clitoris is a lot bigger than you think that it is. Yes. So look up that diagram and um, (laughs) see if you can find fun ways to play with that. Uh, Yes. Because, because, I mean, the clitoris, it's related to the G spot. It's related to the A spot. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. there's so many, so many fun things that can be discovered. Yes. People don't realize it's actually about the same size as a penis. It's just yeah. mostly internal. Yep. And the only part that likes to peek its little head out is just a little tip. But yep. that's, that's not it's all. Not, not all that it is. And you don't like need to focus on that entirely too. Right. Like, it, pressure is mm-hmm. – playing with pressure in different areas of you know your your pubic area is, yes. is uh, really worth doing. I mean, and exploration in general with – by yourself, I mean, you know – as I mentioned, I started really young and sometimes I think that it totally fucked me up because mm-hmm. I myself am like a well-oiled machine. <laughs> so adding like a partner into the mix, it's like, ooh, this is a little different. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's like what sexual exploration both like individually and like partnered can be so healing. Yes. Yes. And it's interesting too that, you know, no – no genitals are the same, right? It's kind of like a fingerprint. Everyone's uh, mm-hmm. nervous makeup is a little different. So it, it really is just an exploration with your partner or yourself to it, everything's going to feel different for, for different people. Well, what about um, advice for somebody who wants to use sex toys to heal in some way? Um, or just to experience more pleasure? Like what advice do you have for them, especially if they've never used anything before? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you generally, for Volvo owners, do you generally say that people should start with the external and then move inward? Or what's the, what's the general advice that you give there? Oh, I think overall, just, you know, be patient with yourself uh, in the healing process and just, you know, love yourself that you're even trying to, you know, to heal yourself in this way. And there's no wrong way to masturbate. There's no wrong way to meditate, right? As long as you're making an effort to, to heal yourself in some way, it's, it's a good thing. Um, but yeah, there's definitely different toys to try, um, depending on the type of trauma that you experience, there may be parts of the body that you want to avoid in the beginning. Um, but you know, doing that self-exploration and, and going towards what feels good, 
at least starting there is definitely um, a good place to start. So that may be with the nipples. It may be with the buttocks. It may be on, you know, the sides of the ribs. Like there are so many erogenous zones on the body that, that you can explore without even going at the genitals at all. Um, and then just, you know, giving yourself that, that grace, be patient with yourself in the healing process. But there's, there's really no right or wrong answer because everybody's experience and body's different. different. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's like, what's so important to remember too, is that we can say this toy is great or this toy is great. And it's funny, you know, I actually, um, wrote a post on Reddit this past week because I wanted to get a sense of, uh, this idea about orgasms, uh, particularly for vulva owners, you know, because I've had the way that I've done it myself for a very long time, but it feels really different when it's with a partner and then like when a partner does it penetratively versus when a partner does it externally, it feels different from when I do it either one of those ways. Mm-hmm. And so it was a really good reminder for me this week. I went on to um, uh, one of my favorite Reddit pages and just asked the question like, what are your experiences of different orgasms, like penetrative versus not, partnered versus not, you know, what what's the difference? Yeah. Uh, because I was pretty convinced that I was broken. And uh, it turns out, no, everybody is just super different <laughs> right. in, uh, in how they experience pleasure. And, you know, uh, it was interesting watching these different, this was a, a group for women, um, watching these different women say, like, kind of rank the intensity of, of their orgasm, saying like, okay, mine's like most intense when it's clitoral by myself. And then like clitoral while also being penetrated by a partner is like the second most intense and just... I mean, and there's no there's no better or worse. Like it's just acknowledging that it's going to be different when you're by yourself. It's going to be different when it's with a toy. It's going to be different yeah. when it's with your partner. It's going to be different when it's with a toy and your partner. Yeah. Um, but as you said, like it's very much a buffet. Yes, yes, it is. And it's it's funny, um, you reminded me I remember my first uh sex toy. My my best friend in college gave me my first vibrator. And good friend. I, <laughs> good friends, yes, life changer. And um, you know, I had had sex before, I I had even orgasmed before, but owning a vibrator for the first time and doing that self-exploration, it just kind of like, you know, is mind blowing. So I I love the analogy of like, you know, if you've only driven a Ford Pinto your whole life and then you get a Bentley for the first time, it's Mm -hmm. like, wow, I didn't know a a car could ride like this. You know, it's just a totally different experience. And until you start to play with those things and try things out, you just really don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And play, that's such an important word when it comes to, I mean, sex in general, but, you know, especially sex toys. I mean, they're called toys. Yeah. The whole idea is that it's focused on play and that it's supposed to be pleasurable. So I think that's an important reminder as well. Mm -hmm. Well, do you have like any like last pieces of advice um, for people who, you know, may be wanting to go onto the site? I mean, and this is such a wide question. It can be particular toys. It can be uh, like mental or emotional advice? I mean, any, just any like last thoughts or things that you really think that people should know? Yeah. I think, um, if, you know, people listening to this walk away with anything, nothing else, um, just remember that no matter what you've been through, you have value and you deserve to feel good. You know, I, I love um, telling a story, you know, if you see a hundred dollar bill on the ground, you know, it's really exciting. You're going to pick it up, of course. But what if I was to tell you that that hundred dollar bill is crumbled up and dirty and maybe torn a little bit? Would you still pick it up? 
Of course, you know, it still has value. So you're you're kind of like that, right? No matter if you've been used and abused, you, you still hold value and you still deserve to feel good no matter what. So learn to love yourself. Um, that sexual empowerment that you find can, can really be life-changing. Definitely. Well, uh, Natalie, where can people find you? Where can they, you know, check out these different toys that you've mentioned? Um, I'm sure that people are going to be listening and heading over there if they haven't already been over there listening to the episode. Yeah. Where can people Where can people find you and uh, get to know more about the, the offerings that you have? For sure. Well, we are at wellnessanddesire.com. So no spaces, no dots or anything, just wellnessanddesire.com. And uh, we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. Um, definitely give us a like and a follow. Chat us with any questions if you need toy recommendations. Like I said, our site does have a little chat option if you need help shopping. Um, and we've also created a special coupon code for your listeners. So um, just use Wine Dine, W I N E D I N E, and you'll get a 30% discount. Ooh, okay. Mm -hmm. Exciting. <laughs> so if you, I mean, if you've heard us talk about the Satisfier Pro, the Wee Vibe, just yes. head on straight over there. That's great. Thank you so much for that. Absolutely. And uh, Natalie, yeah, thanks for coming on here and telling us more about your story. I know it's uh, a difficult topic, you know, to start with, but, uh, you know, the everything that you've done um, with Wellness and Desire and helping people is, is really inspiring and, um, I, I'm excited to see what you continue to do. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been great. I appreciate it, Rachel. And thank you, everybody, for listening. You have been listening to Wine, Dine, and 69. I am your host, Rachel Dalton, and let's keep talking. <laughs>